Surprise! Welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha. James wouldn't let me quit, guys. <laughs> so, before we go on with the show, I just want to kind of do a speed version catch-up of some of the things that's been going on. Yes, I made a post that the show was ending, but it was kind of because I thought I was dying. Isn't that fair to say, James? I really did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I was ready to sell the boutique. I was putting scholar up for adoption. I was finding a nursing home for my mom. I was trying to find James a sister wife. Things were pretty bad. So this is what's been going on. So as you all know, I have lupus. Unfortunately, my lupus has been attacking my bone marrow, which has caused bone marrow fibrosis, which is scar tissues. Um, oftentimes, that's leukemia. Or what's that other cancer? Lymphoma. Yeah, him, what he said. Yeah, that. Uh, fortunately, it's the lupus that's causing it, so we got a chance to really fight it. So I am currently going through chemo. But yeah, bitch was sick. I was like bedridden for two months. It was one thing after the other. Uh, remember, I told you they tried to kill me with the vaccinations. Yeah, so that, that was two weeks. Immediately followed by a staph infection that I almost tried to get, almost tried to kill me. But the staph infection was on my ass. Yes. Not just on her ass, like literally in the crack of the ass. Yeah, and it was about this big, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to a point that I'm like, I don't think any porn star's ass has been seen by as many people as my ass have been seen by. I'm, I buy. I'm talking about since my case is so rare, anytime I go to the doctor and there's something special, then here comes a team of four. Um, my husband has had to clean my ass. My mom has had to clean my ass. It was ugly. Then they put me on antibiotics. Uh, one was four times a day. One was two times a day. And that's when shit really got bad. <laughs> it was, I was, I was ready. I was picking out my funeral clothes, my casket clothes and all kinds of stuff. Turns out I was not allergic to the antibiotics, but the antibiotics that the ER doctor prescribed me causes lupus flare up. So I was in a horrible flare up for two weeks. Yeah. A bitch was trying to die like for real. But, um, I appreciate y'all uh, allowing my child and husband to take over my show for a little bit. Uh, the Gemini gang is no longer active. Um, it's been disbanded. I mean, but it was a gang of one, so, you know, it wasn't that hard to get rid of it. But uh, thank you, Skyla. Anywho, uh, so much has been going on in the world. I feel like I need to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Feliz Navidad. Uh what else? Because I don't want nobody to say she's culturally incorrect. You know um, I don't care about that shit. Adios, Trump. Adios. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> so, speaking of Trump, let's just go right into it. If you're a friend of the Libra Lounge, you know what time it is. It is time for The Gap. We know she has a really big mouth, which sounds kind of dirty, and that's probably true, too. Let's gossip The Gap with Keisha. Alrighty, so I'm not going to even start with Trump first. I'm going to start with another train wreck, uh, another dumpster fire. That would be Kim and Kanye. Now, there's two rumors that have been floating around, one of them being that Kanye has been hooking up with Jeffree Star. Um, you guys, if you don't know who Jeffree Star is, he is uh, a makeup artist. He has a makeup line. Sometimes he's a really disgusting person, and he always looks like he's one week away from dying from some disease. Like, he's really just 
he looks like a Tim Burton character is what he looks like. Um, so anyway, there was a rumor that they were dating and I was telling producer James, I'm like, oh my gosh, did you hear this? And in my head, no, no, no. I was discussing it with one of my best friends, Christy, because she follows celebrities and gossip like I do. And I said, you know what? I think that Kanye would probably put the tip in. Just maybe just the tip, the tip, tip in Jeffree Star. I do. I just, I don't, okay. I don't think the rumor's true. But if someone were like to say, hey, Kanye fucks guys, it wouldn't be a big surprise to me. That is one of those things that's like plausible. It's yeah. Like- like somebody said, he fucks dogs. Nah. No, no, oh, no. But no, he fucks no. guys. Yeah. 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 I think he did. I don't. I don't even know what you call that, because I don't think he's gay. Gay. Okay, but, gay. Uh, I think he's just fucking crazy. So, I, I mean, forget all the other shit. The but- motherfucker is crazy. They still have not horse tranquilized him yet. So he's still running around America's, acting a fool. Um, he says he's done with the Kardashian family. So, supposedly, Kim, I think they're in counseling, I want to say. So, divorce is on the table. But I got to be honest. I don't think Kim's going to divorce him. I think she's still very much so in love with Kanye. But unless they get, maybe the Mayo Clinic will take Kanye. They take mental health patients, extreme cases, right? Either that or the Betty Ford Clinic. Yeah, Betty Ford, Betty Ford. Yeah, he needs to go. And I don't even think he is an alcoholic. I don't even think he's uh, a druggie. He... Man, to put up with the Kardashians. Yeah, no, he probably popped some pills. Because that's a lot to deal with the Kardashians. I mean. Do you think that they were, like, really, really in love? Or if it's just been, like, the worst publicity stunt ever? No, I think they were really, really in love. I, I Kim came along during the time after Kanye's mom died. I think he had a huge void that needed to be filled. Um, it, I, I don't know. I, I think they were in love because if you go back, there was years that they looked extremely happy. But then whenever Kanye bleached his hair blonde again, I said, oh boy, the Titanic is going down. <laughs> it is going down fast. Because uh, shit just hasn't been right since then. Um, so yeah, they're supposedly, they could be getting divorced. And if, I, if my memory serves me correct, I want to say like, $53 million? No. No, no, no. Was it a million or billion? I can't remember. It's a lot of motherfucking money. It's a lot of motherfucking money that I would be like, I'm not sharing my money. We just gonna have to stay married. I'm not getting, no, 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 no. Then you got all these kids. You know, she's gonna want child support. No. Sometimes it's just cheaper to keep her. But he seems to be back in the Rocky Mountains or wherever that little place that he goes when he's like really crazy, having a Kanye bitch fit. He's there, Kim's still doing her thing, trying to hold it all together, despite the fact that she severely is suffering from body, what is it, body misphobia? Oh, body dysmorphia? Yeah, because something wrong with that bitch. Like, I, Kim's beautiful, always has been. Like, truly, she is a very, and I don't call people pretty, attractive, none of that if they're not, but she is a very pretty girl, but holy shit. Like, I don't, the, the chiselness of the face. It's like they want to look like a Ken doll. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Well, after watching that first episode of Black China, where she was getting, was it Botox in her jaw or whatever? It was Juvederm, which is a different type. Okay. I don't know about Botox. Because she's going for that fucking, like, action She wants to be a Kardashian, but can't be. 
Um, yes, Black China has a new reality TV show that is on WeTV. And surprisingly, it was fucking fantastic. She and her mom, Tokyo Tony, I would love, I would have paid money to be in that room when they had that altercation. That shit was not fake. That was real. I want to whoop your ass, but you my mama, or I want to whoop your ass, but you my daughter, plus you're kind of rich and you can call the police. And Tokyo Tony's already fucking homeless, so she just, you know, but she wanted to kick her, she wants to kick Black China's ass, and I'm here for it. I can't wait to this Thursday's episode. Um, I am hooked. So, now, Capitol Hill takeover. I was one of the people who was able to watch this um, as it was happening. James was at work. He didn't even know any of this was going on until after he was on the road. I'm like, do you know what's going on? He's like, uh, no. Oh, motherfuckers are taking over Capitol Hill trying to steal those, the electoral ballots for Trump. Yeah, I, it I was still a shit don't know what they were trying to it do. It was a shit. It looked like a, it looked like all the trailer parks in America got together. All the people that live in the trailer parks got together and went to Capitol Hill. That is what it looked like. They didn't look like no businessmen. They they, they didn't look like no business owners. Um, there was a lot of toothlessness. Uh, there was mullets. Uh, it was bad. And then to boot, I swear to God, it was about five motherfucking black people out there protesting too. Now that shit makes me want to whoop their asses, okay? So if you were not able to watch this catastrophe it looked like the purge it looked like a trailer park version of the purge like only for the trailer park people for 24 hours you can kill anyone that you want to kill okay because these were all trailer park people it was bad it was really it was bad but it was good because it was white people <laughs> it wasn't us <laughs> uh i was very very proud of black people that day because they did not get involved they were like we're just going to let these motherfuckers do whatever they want to do because at the end of the day, guess who's still president? Biden is. Um, as it was just, you could not look away. They start, they were on the grounds. I mean, they were attacking camera people, uh, spitting at people. They were, you would all of a sudden just see a rope go and they would be climbing to go. It was bad. There was tear gas. Like you honestly did not know what the fuck was going on. But I will say, when they were able to get shots from inside the Capitol and watching the people that were there hiding and trying to contact their loved ones was pretty fucking sad. Um, four people, is it four people or five people were killed? I think it's up to five. Yeah, um, including one of the uh, Capitol Hill officers who committed suicide, which there's got to be more to that story. I don't get that one. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, then... Trump got on and said some stupid bullshit after Biden called him out that just all they did was encourage these dumbasses to continue doing what they're doing. Um, so yeah, that was just like one of those ones like, is this really what's going on? I can hear the Martians passing by Earth just saying, that's the motherfucking ghetto. We ain't going there. We're going to Saturn. Saturn's where's that? Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a surreal feeling that this is really what's going on. And I have to say this. Um, I am beyond tired of people getting on social media. Because here's, here's why. There's just such thing as an internet thug. And that's fine. But I'm a thug in real life, too. Not just on the interwebs. I will 
tell you I'm going to kick your ass on Facebook and really be on my way to your house to kick your ass. So it's always interesting when people try to talk shit. This just makes my ass itch. It makes my ass itch more than when I had that staph infection back there in my ass. When people say, it's the media. The media is separating us. <laughs> it's the media and the government. That's so what? No. They are only using exactly what we give them, which racism is still alive. Sexism is still alive. Homophobia is still alive. Do these people just live in a rock? Like, how can they not understand that these things are really, really happening? Oh, never mind. It's because they're racist. Moving on. <laughs> I answered my own question. Um, so during our little, how many weeks? Maybe two and a half weeks hiatus? Uh, closer to three. All right. Four. Well Wonder, Woman, well, Wonder Woman 1984 came out on Christmas Day. Producer James and I, you know, we love going to the movies. We'd already bought our tickets to go, but bitch had to be real, real sick. I was like, I can't make it. Uh, but fortunately for everyone, you were able to stream it from HBO. Which, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984 yet, don't waste your money going to the movies to see it. It was... It was, I don't want to say it was awful, but it has to have been one of the weakest storylines from a Marvel or DC film that I've ever seen. I mean, Suicide Squad, who is that? DC Comics? That was DC. Okay. That was a weak storyline. Because I compared that one to a group of high school theater students saying, hey guys, let's get together and like write a movie. But it was, it was good because there was so much action in it. Okay. However... Wonder Woman, 1984. One, why, why 1984? Why was that the year that they picked? Why 84? Um, two, what's the boyfriend's name, James? Oh, uh, Chris Pine. Chris Pine's character who died in Wonder Woman. Steve is, Trevor. Is, is, is back. Steve, is that his name? Steve Trevor. Okay, so Steve Trevor is back. Never trust a man with two first names. He's back, and he's... It, it was all just, it was weak. Um, what's the little, the girl who played Cheetah-rific or Lioness? Who does she? It was Cheetah, and it's Kristen Wiig. Thank you. Her. She did a pretty good job. Um, I don't think that Gail Godot, is that how you say her name? Uh, yeah, close enough. I don't think she's the greatest actress in the world. I just, I don't know. It just seems like she was on cruise control the whole time. It really did feel it, like that. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, I don't know. I, when we see these comic books come to life, we expect for to, there to be un, tons of un, unrealistic action going on. Her, Like I said, for the first Wonder Woman, I love the beginning when they're with the Amazons, and it was the same with this movie. I mean, if you want to go to the movies and watch it, go. But... Only the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes are worth the money that you're going to spend. Yeah, as soon as they, and this is a problem I have, it's, it's with movies, time travel, I usually have a problem with. Right. And he, Oh, God, does he ever. And wishes. I don't like And that's wishes. all that, not, that, that is all that this movie is about, is wishes and um, hopes and dreams. Yeah, it's, I mean, and I love Pedro Pascal. I, Who did he, he play? He was the villain. Oh, he did a great job. I yeah, think he, he did, did a really good job for what he had. I mean, for what he had to work with, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it yeah, it wasn't. It was lackluster. It was kind of. I don't like wish movies. 
it's so bad that even when you talk about it, there's no need to put spoiler alert because it just you're it's not spoiling spoiled. anything. Yeah, it's spoiled. It's already. spoiled. I mean, the, her new costume or what do you costume uniform? I think hers is a uh, her her armor. Armor, that was cool, but. For the first, for the five minutes it was in. Exactly. Okay. I'm like, oh, she, she, okay. We only got 15 minutes left in the movie. Okay. She coming out with this. She's this in a fuck shit. She almost got her ass completely whooped by Cheaterific. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, I didn't like the fact that apparently every man in 1984 was a male chauvinist asshole pick. Like every guy. But if you think about it, every movie current movie that reflects on the 1980s that is how guys are looked at i think that's when guys started taking steroids and being really kind of i think the metrosexual movement kind of started then because they were really into their looks and they were cocky no i think now you've got a bunch of directors who want to be woke enough and you know men are an easy target for all of that shit. Well, be woke enough and fix find a screenwriter because that movie everyone was looking so forward to it and it just and the director is already going to get another one. Uh, Patty Jenkins is going to do a third one. See, that's what happened when you let bitches be the directors. <laughs> but the but she directed the first woman, uh, Wonder Woman, and it was really. It good. wasn't. It was the writing. The script was just lame. It it was. They could it could have been so much more. Even let's say we stick to the exact same script. Please just throw in a lot of action. That way we're forget. I mean we're we're kind of like hamsters like oh you know what i mean if you just put action on it we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep watching it but it was it was like maybe three action scenes and two no not two uh three wonder woman got her ass kicked yeah it just it it was it was it it lacked it lacked a lot it lacked a lot it really really it was not a good sequel from for such a good first movie It, it it at times, it was like, was Gal, was she broke? It was like she was broke and out of money and said, we got to hurry and put this together so I can keep my house. I, I got kids to feed. I'm trying to make a Cleopatra movie, which, man, everyone is ripping her a new one. Because she's not actually Egyptian. Is that the problem? Again? <laughs> yes, it is, a, it is a problem again because people do not feel because all of us really saw the real Cleopatra in real life. None of us feel as though any of the movies uh, about Cleopatra have correctly what I, 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 correctly represented. represented the way that she really looked, okay? The thing about it is that part of the world, people look a lot different. I mean, you think about Morocco. Morocco. That is Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these people look different. Um, you've got your African, African-looking people, and then you've got your dark tan, olive-toned skin, black, I mean, not black people, African people. I mean, it's a huge step up from Elizabeth Taylor being fucking Cleopatra. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. But it's one of those things, like, are you trying to have somebody act like her or look like her or try to magically get both? here's the thing is that when you're doing a movie about someone yes you do want the actor to look and you know become that person I, I well that seems to be only working one way because uh like in hamilton where mm-hmm. a lot of the cast was african-american mm-hmm. those people weren't african-american but it's that's different okay. with stage 
Well, and you I'm know that. Right. Those rules don't apply when it comes to the stage. Here, here's my thing. I think her playing Cleopatra is a good choice, except for the fact that she can't act. So can we worry about getting her in some acting lessons first and then worry about how the fuck she's going to look later? Uh, it, it is, I think it's just the times right now that we're in that Hollywood does seem to whitewash. I we've discussed this before on the show. Yeah, uh, but Gail is not white. I think she looks like what an Egyptian person would look like. We have to assume. We have to assume because we don't fucking know what Cleopatra looks like. We're still trying to figure out if King Tut had a humpback. Wait, really? <laughs> yes. It was crippled. He had his face was fucked up. Okay. That's why he had to fuck his sister. Like, no one else wanted to fuck that. Or maybe it's because. Or maybe that's what I think. No, I actually, mean, that is the reason why. There was so much inbreeding. Yeah. That he, he was, he's one of those. That, I go on these little uh, pages on Facebook about history. I love that stuff. And so there's a list of all of these royal people throughout the ages and their fucked up uh, conditions due to inbreeding. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, the Hasbergs were big because the Hasberg jaw and tongue. Yep. The, the one who was like the last king of that family, he was so fucked up, like he couldn't even swallow. Like he drooled. He had to, like, it was a, imagine having a Popeye's biscuit stuck in your mouth all the time. <laughs> That's how he was. Um, and he was pretty fucked up. So anyway, when we get back from this break, we are going to talk to one of the developers of a very cool uh, new app called Shape and Foster. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha, everyone. Um, I've got a special guest um, on video. Callum, say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? So Callum is behind this really, really cool app that just launched this month called Shape and Foster. So Callum, I'm going to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, so I'm from Scotland. This is an accent that you hear. I'll try and tone it down a little bit so, so I don't lose you guys. But I moved from Scotland to uh, Canada about 14 years ago to actually play rugby for a summer. Okay. And just had a really fun time. Had a great time here. Went home, got a work permit, came back. And then Toronto has essentially since become home. Um, I started a business in Canada about 11 years ago which I ended up selling that business in July to start this new business, which is uh, Shape and Foster, which uh, is all about personal development and bringing you on like a lifestyle development journey. But yeah, I'm essentially a Scottish guy that lives in Canada and now, now calls Canada home. Um, so let me just go ahead and ask you, are you married, Callum? Yep, I'm married, uh, happily married, two kids. Uh, they're obviously keeping us on our toes during COVID. Yeah. Uh, we've got a nine-month-old. Oh, wow, is like okay. a, a COVID, yeah, man, like a, a total COVID baby. A COVID baby. A COVID baby. Yes. Sorry, ladies, <laughs> and, he's married, um, so don't don't be in my DMs asking, so where's that <laughs> Scottish guy at? And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, as soon as we get off, I'm only going to speak in a, a horrible Scottish accent for the rest of the day uh, because I'm so <laughs> obsessed. Okay. I, Oh, so Callum. That's hilarious. Are, 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 you, are you going to start doing Mike Myers impressions, are you? I'm so... Mike, Mike Myers does, does the Scottish voice. <laughs> my impressions, my accents are so bad, but I do them all the time. Um, 
you actually remind us one of our friends. He uh, is from Ireland, but he's been here in the States and Texas for about 25 years. And let me tell you, right. there's nothing more fucked up than an Irish accent mixed with a Texas accent. I literally have to have, like, uh, subtitles to understand what he's saying. So, okay. So, what, yeah, was, I bet. what was the motivation behind you creating uh, an environment based on health, lifestyle, and it, it really total clarity? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, it, it was honestly, like, it came from, like, a kind of personal journey. So, I am Scottish, as we've just established. Like, so I like to drink. Um, it's in the genes. Like, alcohol is in the genes. Um, and maybe when uh, when uh, my my son was born about four and a half years ago, I kind of still continue to sort of drink. And about two years ago, I was getting home at like some silly times. I was getting home like every two or three weeks. I was getting home at four or five o'clock in the morning, and I, I didn't feel good about it. Um, I was driving him one day to rugby uh, to take him to his first little, like, kind of run-around rugby class. Mm-hmm. And I was hungover. I'd be looking forward to this. And I was driving. And I actually had, like, an anxiety attack at the wheel as I was driving. And then I got to rugby with him. And there was these other parents, these other dads and mums who were participating. And they were all bright-eyed and mm-hmm. bushy-tailed. And and yeah. that was who I wanted to be. And that's who I always thought I was going to be as a dad. That, that's who my dad has been for me. Right. Um, so I kind of like stop. I kind of stopped drinking. This was about two years ago. I almost stopped drinking after that. I mean, I drink. I can count on one hand the amount of times that I drink per year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of step one, my kind of personal development journey. I then started getting back into the gym, which I haven't done for like five, six years since I stopped playing rugby. Mm-hmm. I then uh, started spending more time with family, and all of a sudden, less alcohol, more exercise. I started becoming happier. Like my happiness improved. I was more energetic. So this is like a personal development journey I've been going through. The business that I started 11 years ago, I hadn't enjoyed for the last two years. So when COVID hit, that business basically stopped making money, as a lot of small businesses did. I I didn't bill any dollars for for 13 weeks. I decided to sell the business. And basically, Shape and Foster is like my personal development meeting my entrepreneur spirit. I sold my last business. I want to continue my own personal development journey. Mm-hmm. And I kind of saw a bit of a gap, a bit of a gap for proactive lifestyle development, mm-hmm. um, which is why I've created this app, Shape and Foster. So the whole purpose of it is, is essentially that as a member, you pay a membership um, and in turn, you're taking on like a 12 month journey of lifestyle development from six experts, each of who have curated courses specifically for Shape and Foster. So those six experts on areas are important to a healthy heart and a healthy mind. There's an athletic trainer, a nutritionist, a mental health professional, a life coach, a financial planner, and um, a yoga instructor. And every 30 days, new course material becomes available in the app for you. So all content is consumed via video. And essentially, each video is 20 minutes long. So if you can... If you can put two to three hours per month into this app, you're going to learn from six different experts and you're going to essentially start to be taken on a proactive approach um, of lifestyle development. So it's really my entrepreneurship meeting my my personal development journey myself. Right. Well, I got to tell you two things. 
So when you said six experts, I thought you said sex expert. I was like, well, I didn't see that section. Let me go. Let me go back. I was like, let me go back and click on that. You're not. You're not the first person. I was someone else. I, I was. I was interviewed by somebody else, and she was like, "I thought you said sex yeah. experts, and you had my attention." <laughs> you, you, you did. I was like, "That's what she said." I'm like, my, "You piqued my interest." And I gotta say, you're an inspiration because my daughter's 18, but I remember those years and years of going to cheerleading practice, soccer practice, and that shit will drive a person to drink. So the simple fact that you were oh, like, man. you know, yeah, because this is so much. It's like all these kids running around where the camera's at. It's hot out here. So I totally get it. So let me ask you, with the state of the world being what it is now between mm-hmm. COVID, we've got here in America all kinds of stuff going on, especially with the government, yeah. Black Lives Matter movement. Do you yeah. think that right now it's even more important, there's more of a need for self-care? I 100% think there is, but even before before COVID hit, I mean, I think we're in a position now, like as a society, that the the whole mental health conversation mm-hmm. and mental wellness and and um, self care, it's really evolved. Um, as a guy, like, I mean, five ten years ago, guys would not talk about that, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys are now willing to talk about their emotions and stuff. Like right. when I was a kid growing up growing up playing rugby in Scotland, like if you if you were going to had a bad day, like the advice was like suck it up. Yeah. You know, like suck it up is kinda is no longer kind of good enough. Right. Um we're all like willing to willing to kinda be vulnerable now mm-hmm. a little bit more so. Not everyone, but there's more so I, I think that because pre COVID, before COVID even, and everything else that's going on with Black Lives Matter and the the state of the world right now, I, even five years ago, I think that society at least was then shifting Mm -hmm. to have more of an aware an awareness around let's work on our mental wellness and and not wait for something bad to happen before i start to work on it and like i I saw a quote once uh, and it said so i can't remember right now i'm gonna have to try and wing it but it said something along the lines of um like being mentally healthy Mm -hmm. Does, is not is not purely lacking mental illness. Right. So if you're if you're mentally ill, if if you're not mentally ill, that doesn't mean that you're mentally healthy. Right. It, mental health is something you have to consistently work on, and and that's what the app is all about. So COVID and and, and the state of the world definitely it definitely makes it more of an app's time for it for mm-hmm. sure. But, but, I, but I think that we've been moving towards a position where we're all kind of more open to taking care of ourselves proactively. I think it was, I, I like the fact that one of the services that you provide talks about finances because I know when my money's not right, nothing's right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm crazy, I'm depressed, and I think that's really smart that yep. you uh, included that in there. So, you yep. know, I've seen other apps or programs similar to what shape and foster is but they don't have all of the parts the elements that you have and they don't have the experts so so can you tell our audience what the big difference is between shape and foster in comparison to some of these other programs yeah so the experts that i have in place just to give you a quick rundown as I said, like we have um, a financial planner, an athletic trainer, a nutritionist, a mental health professional, a life coach, and a yoga instructor. 
I, I interviewed tons and tons of people for these positions. Like, so they're all solopreneurs. They all work for themselves. Mm-hmm. They all have a real like likability. They have a real authenticity to it. Okay. And they've all kind of gone, they've all kind of chosen their profession because of their own life journey, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. And they're easy, they're very easy to learn from. The way that they digest information mm-hmm. is really easy to learn from. The financial planner, for example, um, a lady called Shinobu Hinder, who's in San Diego, her mum was from Japan, her dad was from Kenya, both immigrants to the United States. They included her in all financial decisions growing up from a oh, young wow. age. She says she says it was like really intense, but they basically wanted her to be in a position of strength when she was older and mm-hmm. to understand money and all this sort of stuff. And lo and behold, she became a financial planner. Right. Crazy, right? It's nuts. Like the, the nutritionist we have, Jazz Stupak, who's in Vancouver, BC. Her her parents are Polish. She says that. Um, Growing up, she ate a lot of red meat, and it didn't agree with her like digestive system. Like mm-hmm. she used to have uh, a lot of skin skin issues and stuff, and nothing got to the root of the problem. Creams, doctors, nothing got to the root of the problem. So she investigated herself. She kind of worked out what why her skin was coming up like this, mm-hmm. and she ended up being a, a holistic nutritionist. So all of the people that we have in place, they have a really good story. Um, they're very easy to learn from. They're really likable, and they're all small business owners. Okay. You're not none. None of them work for like the big bank or mm-hmm. um, the big like health health company. It's not this kind of big box feel. Right. It's a real kind of community community aspect. Well, I think that's pretty cool. That um, for one, the financial expert that you have, I like the fact that her parents did include her early on in life because they. When you yeah. don't, you get people like me, and I'm 41. I look at my husband. I'm like, "Are we rich or poor today? Uh, what, what's going yeah. on?" That's that's. Yeah. You know, we we learn math in school, but we don't learn enough to really the math that we need One, for life. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, and that's her whole thing. She's like the school system doesn't doesn't teach you about like finances. Like, mm-hmm. so her program is like a real kind of holistic way. Like her, her, her first part of her course, the month one with Shinobu, is about understanding your money mindset. It's about knowing that you learn about money as a kid from how your parents dealt with money. Right. Was there scarcity around Was there scarcity around money? Was it not talked about? So that's the very beginning of your financial journey. And she talks about working through this sort of stuff. And then the very end of that, in 12 months time, she's teaching me about investing mm-hmm. and investment. It's a it's a real start to finish approach, and all of the all the um, experts do it in the exact same way. So, yeah, I'm the same. Like, look, man, like my mum and dad. Like, I, I'm 36 years old now. I still, to this day, could not tell you like how much money they earned, what right. their salary was. Right. I've got no idea. Same. It was it, it was talked about. Right. It was talked about, right? Most people are saying, you know, yeah. like you don't talk about money. You don't talk about finances or anything don't. like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. You don't. But I mean, the cool thing about Shape and Foster is that it's an open place. It's an open community where everyone in this app is going to be in there for the exact same reason. They're all in there to learn more about finances, fitness, nutrition, mental health, life coaching, and yoga. And because we're all there to learn about the exact same thing, mm-hmm. you can ask questions. Right. You know, you can ask questions. You can learn about stuff. You can be vulnerable. And it really just is going to create a community of information and not and knowledge. 
Well, uh, something else that you said about your nutritionist in regards to red meat. Who was, uh, James, who was yeah. it? It was Mike Tyson. Uh, you know, Mike Tyson had that exhibition fight yeah. uh, a couple of months ago. And yeah. he's a true right, believer. Right, he's like, no red meat. He, he says that it messes yeah. with his body, his mental clarity. He's just like, no red meat. So that's very inter interesting. Right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and finish up talking with Callum of Shape and Foster. Welcome back to the Libra Lounge with Keisha, everyone. I've got Callum from Shape and Foster. Again, he's married, so there's no need for you guys to DM me <laughs> asking for his phone number, his email, just what he really wants you to do is sign up for Shape and Foster. That's the way to get to him. Okay, so we just talked about yeah. your six experts. Um, do you think that COVID has really forced people to have to pay attention to their finances, their 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 health, their mental clarity? Because we all have been cooped up and we don't know. I mean, people have lost their jobs. Small businesses have been having to close left and right. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's some crazy times yeah. that we're living in. I yeah, I, I think that, I mean, from, from my personal experience at the start of COVID, I think that one thing that, that really kind of climbed was my, my social media use. Oh, like, oh all yes. of a sudden, you know, yes. like you, you're at home all the time. And all yep. of a sudden, like, I mean, I, I, I have a reminder on Instagram. And my reminder is like, it's a 30-minute reminder. When you hit 30 minutes a day, you're done sort of thing. Right. Man, the start of COVID, the start of COVID, I was hitting that at like 11 a.m. Yeah. I was like hitting my 30 minutes at 11 a.m. And I was like, fucking hell, yeah. where, what am I doing? Yeah. Where, where am I putting my energy here? So what I think the shift should be is um, get, off, get off Instagram for 20 or 30 minutes a week and start to learn a little bit about, about yourself. Start to like invest in yourself, you know? Right. Like develop your develop your mind rather than looking at. I mean, my, my Instagram is basically UFC knockouts mm -hmm. and rugby and rugby and, and soccer. Yeah. I mean, do I need do I need an hour of that a day? Right. Absolutely no, not. No. Is it is it is it better if I if I read about learn about a life coach and like my mental health and my and how to deal with anxiety and all that sort of stuff? Like a hundred percent. So. I think our social media, I think COVID has, has made us all a little bit dumber. <laughs> I, 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 I'll agree because I had to actually cut myself off from TikTok because I'm like, okay. No, right. I'm just going to go on there, kind of see what's going on. And five hours later, my husband will look at me and like, You've been on TikTok laughing the whole all this time, and I'm like, Well, how long have I been on oh, here? God. And you, and you think of all the things that you could get done in five hours. When you're just sitting there scrolling oh, through social media, and, and when you get off, like you said, you've learned nothing, you've accomplished nothing, oh. none of that. Uh, you know. So, what are the benefits oh. of providing these services through an app versus in person? Are you nervous about that? Um, no, because well, number one, like mo most places in the world right now, you can't really do a lot of this in right. person, unfortunately. I mean, listen. Workout, working out, fitness, like in person, mm -hmm. for me is is always a much better experience. Mm -hmm. Like an in person, like workout is way is way better than on a on a screen. Okay, right. I believe that in person, in person engagements are better than on a screen. I think that. However, what this app does 
is it gives you all six of these people in the same place mm -hmm. at the same time, and they're all they're there, and you have access to them twenty four seven. Okay. You oh, know, okay. so that so so that so that's the kind of big thing. Like you can ask a question and, and they respond. There's live interviews with them. Mm -hmm. There's obviously the video content to look at. So. I mean, in person is great, but even without COVID, like, how much time is it going to take yeah, yeah. for you to go to, for you to go and visit these six people right. once a month or 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 once a week? It's going to take a lot of your time. So the app at least gives you them all in the exact same place. And what the app also does is it has this level of community. Like, we only launched a week ago, and we've already got 85 members in the app. Hopefully, end of the year, we're going to have like two 2,000 members, maybe more, maybe 3,000 members. But that small 85 are already in the app after a week. Okay. The conversations are already building. Everyone's all like being positive with each other. Everyone's helping each other out. So you get this community inside there as well, which I think is awesome. Now, Callum, if you ever decide to add an additional service about the art of pettiness, yeah. let me know, and I for sure can be that petty expert. Um, so just, just let me know how these go. Okay, so for our audience, Walk us through how do you shape and foster from the moment that you click, go to the website and you kind of scroll through and you're like, I'm going to do this. Walk us through shape and foster. Yep. So really, really easy. So you go to www.shapeandfoster.com and there's a, a one size fits all plan. It's $99 a year or $14.99 a month. But everyone gets a seven day free trial. So okay. you, you click on, you click on sign up. You put in your name, you put in your email, um, you sign up and you get a seven-day free trial automatically. Okay. If you opt out, if you opt out before the seven days, then of course you don't get charged. Mm -hmm. And if you stay beyond seven days because you choose to, which I, I hope you will and I think you will, then obviously it's a charge. It's either monthly or annual, whatever, whatever you chose. And then inside the app, like the first thing to do, there, there's actually a 20-minute like intro video, which is myself. And it, I'm just taking you around the whole app and it, a, a whole navigation, like show and tell, like what, where everything is, what all the buttons are. And then after that, honestly, it's, it's pretty foolproof, man. Like you'll, you, you'll know where to go and you'll know what to do. And yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Callum, please tell our audience exactly how they can sign up and how they can follow you on social media and anything else you want them to know. <clears throat> Yep, so just uh, go to www.shapeandfoster.com and you sign up there. There is a web version and an app version, but you sign up on, on the web and as soon as you sign up on the web, you get a notification to, to download the app. So, so that's the way to do it. Um, on socials, we're on Instagram at Shape and Foster. Um, Facebook, you can find us at Shape and Foster, but really... I'm trying to get people off Instagram. I'm saying come directly to Shape and Foster. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that one. And, of course, we will put all the information when we up Producer Days uploads this, all the information on how to find Shape and Foster. I'm sure people are going to be trying to look for you on Instagram and all that. Speaking of UFC, you mentioned that. Isn't Conor McGregor, doesn't he have a fight yeah. coming up pretty soon? Um I'm curious to see how he is now because he's been a bad boy lately. He's really gotten in a lot of trouble, yeah, so I want to see if he still got it. Yeah, he's all, he's always getting in a wee bit of trouble, but he's um he, he's he's had a bit of time off. Like I can't. When was his last fight? It's been um, about Cowboy, a couple Cowboy of years. It was a while ago, right? It's been a while. A couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but he's, he's still the biggest name in the, in the game, so yes, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if he does. All right, Callum. Well, we appreciate you taking time to speak to our audience, and I want to wish you the absolute best of luck with Shape and Foster. I'm actually going to get off here and go check it out myself because God knows I need awesome. all of those things. So um, thank you again, and awesome. stay safe, Callum. Thank you very much. Really, really happy that you invited me on the show, and this has been awesome, and you're an awesome host and uh, very gracious. Thank you very much. Take care. All righty. Bye-bye. for me to award the bitch please of the week from the Libra Lounge. Look, anytime someone is killed, it is tragic. Despite the fact that how they died was because of their own stupidity. Um, but I'm going to tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not just going to fuck with you people who want us to all have like a day of silence for this bitch that was at Capitol Hill who got killed. Why does everyone, oh my God, this is a, oh, it's a tragedy. This, what, that life was, oh, we should be holding vigils for this lady. No, no. If she had kept her ass at home, guess what she would be right now? Probably somewhere alive and well. And, and, and no, I do feel bad that she lost her life. But that was, you decided that you were going to go to Capitol Hill and try to break in. That's like trying to break into the fucking White House. You know what I mean? It's one of those things you're like, man, I must have been dreaming. I'm hot. Cause, uh-uh, no, girl, we're not going to do that. But yet and still, we have so many people talking about Breonna Taylor who was shot while she slept in her bed. But she's ghetto. Uh, she's not worthy of anything. Why are we still talking about Breonna Taylor? She, Breonna Taylor, did not get a fraction of the sympathy that this woman who was killed while she was trying to break into Capitol Hill to steal from Capitol Hill. They were trying to steal the electoral votes, okay? No, I don't. Am I wrong for uh, Yes, I feel bad that she lost her life. I feel even worse for her family. But... That was stupid as fuck. Like, I'm not, people keep comparing the two. There's no comparison. One was in a bed asleep and was killed. And it took, how long did it take for any kind of charges or arrests to be made? Too damn long. It wasn't the next day. I'm not feeling sorry for this woman. I don't think she should be praised for what she did. She broke several laws. If you really want to think trespassing, what other laws? Uh, bro. Being a rider, that that that's yes, you can get a yes, 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 yes. Terrorists. These people are being called terrorists. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. But don't get I, cussed out. That's all I can say. Oh, no, I, I agree. They're they're terrorists when people go to some place and use violence to yes. propagate their so propagate their message. 
and this is how the people were just, this is why it was, I say it was like the trailer parks got together. It was like a trailer park reunion. The guy who broke into Nancy Pelosi's office sat at her desk, put his feet up on her desk, had an American flag. Okay, okay. But then you take a picture and you post it. And he wrote a note on her desk. But now he's sad and upset because he got fired from his fucking job. And I think there's a warrant out for his arrest. What the fuck did you, you gave him the evidence. Like, no, you can't even say that. No, no, that wasn't me. Well, sir. The signals that are hitting seem to come directly from your phone. And the selfie was posted on your Facebook page. And you took the <laughs> selfie. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it, it go, and that's why I get so upset when people are like, oh, no, it's television, the media dividing us. No, we're already divided. Because had oh. that been a group of black people, brown people, yellow people, gay people, trans people, that would have been a bloody massacre. See, out and there. I hear that. And I have no way to argue with that. No, so but don't even the, try. But on the flip side, when you had cities literally on fire, you didn't have people storming the streets and shooting everybody. So can we agree there's a point when a protester becomes a rioter when they start fucking shit up? Yes. Okay. Protesting is not bad. Protesting can literally be one person with the sign that said, don't do that in front yeah. of a business. <laughs> and that's that. a little protest. Okay. Like the don't do that protest. Yeah, it's the don't do that protest. Being a protest is really, a, it, all it takes is a little bit of coordination. And that's it. Coordination's a meeting spot and poster board and markers. That's all a real, that, that's all you need for a protest. When you use the protest as the catalyst behind breaking into places, setting things, they, they said, oh, they set a tree on fire at the Capitol Hill, too. We saw that. She was like, what the fuck? It was like the scene from Lord of the Rings whenever the tree people got caught on fire. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yes, there's a difference between pro. It's it's funny how when the Black Lives Matter movement was really, 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 really hot and people were protesting, no matter how peaceful it was, those people were called rioters. Now yeah. we have these people who really were rioting, but it was called protesting. It's like the definitions just changed. So yeah, it's it's a weird thing, but we can we can agree that that somebody who breaks into a federal building. And you need people, to be arrested. Yeah, and people who light police cars on fire. Yes. Are both rioters. Rioters. That 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 is rioting. Yes, yes it is. Uh, and it does not matter what shape, home, creed, religion yes. you are. It's still a fucking riot. So yeah, I don't remember that <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. It's the Needle Lounge. The Needle Lounge. Ooh.